on TV, online, and Encore. Stay Encore. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton, and guess what? I don't have to be quiet this week because I signed a lease on an apartment just so I could be loud for this show. That's right. <laughs> I'm paying double rent for the next three months unless I can get someone to fill my apartment in New Jersey. Please help me out with that, by the way. Uh, unless someone fills that apartment, I'm paying double rent, but it's worth it to be able to give you guys the full volume that I want to give you. James, my new apartment, by the way, he's James Hardigan. He's my work wife. Hello. My new apartment here in L.A., only shares one wall with another apartment. It just happens to be the bedroom wall. That is absolutely correct. I it knew does it. happen to be. I knew it. James, so you know what I'm doing? So I have, I have two bedrooms in this apartment. What I'm going to be doing is I'm actually going to live in the guest bedroom. <laughs> just to avoid any disputes with the neighbors. Yes, because the master bedroom is the only one that connects with the with a neighboring apartment. The guest bedroom has like the back wall, the building, and the hallway. So right now I am uh, I'm I'm in the living room because I have no furniture in this place yet. But yeah, coming up on today's show, Poker Stars is back in the USA. What? I thought I would never see the day. And guess who's streaming about it? Jason Somerville. He's a guest on today's show. And Jason Somerville's guest will be Lee Jones, also to talk about New Jersey. Big horse himself, Lee H. Jones. Oh my God, making his EPT Not Live debut. The biggest of horses, Lee Jones. Speaking of online poker and streaming and pasty white guys, there was an EPT Live home game that oh, took yeah. place last week. And we're going to have another guest on. Matt Broughton is going to be on the show. To recap that for us, we've got the Monaco post-bubble bust-up Bonanza TV show to cover. Indeed. This week on Superfan vs. Stapes, we got Aiden Dunn, who's challenging me to stand-up comedy trivia. And this time, the game's going to work a little differently, right? Yeah, we had a little, uh, a little funky idea about how to do this. So stay tuned to see... How uh, maybe this is something we could do in the future? I don't know. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Excellent, James. Yes, buddy. What's happening in social media? I got no beefs this week. Hopefully, it's only good stuff. It is good stuff. We've got Lauren Finkelstein who is catching up on EPT Not Live. He oh, says it's hysterical. Even if you don't get to watch EPT Live, nice job, guys. And he says, P.S. I'm that guy in the Venn diagram who listens to you and has no idea who won the PCA. Yeah, L Lauren's been a like a listener for a long time. Has listened to pretty much every podcast I've ever done. He's a New York guy, so he does. I don't think he keeps up on the EPT that much. But we're glad to have you, Lauren. Now, Joe, do you watch the Blacklist, the TV show with James Spader? Uh, James, it's the African American list in this country. Uh, no, I do not watch that show. Uh, I'm not. It's not on my radar either. So thank you for John Jacobs for tweeting a screen grab from an episode of The Blacklist. As he says, oh, the yeah, show just doesn't get it. And he sent a screen grab with the subtitles on with one of the characters asking the question, seven? Why is it always seven? And it's always coming seven. That's why. Exactly. And uh, John also says, note the right hand side of the picture too. Hashtag play on PokerStars. Because indeed, while watching an episode of... Of the blacklist on Netflix, John is also grinding on PokerStars. Good man, John. Multitasking. Play on PokerStars. Uh, the urinal debate continues here on EPT Not Live. Uh, here is Peter Blow's contribution to this week. Five urinals, two and five occupied. Where do you go? Here was Pete's solution. I plump for three, assuming two would leave first. Hashtag Game Theory Optimal Piss. I, I have no issues with that. He, he didn't really leave me any room to answer it. Well, well, the debate, however, continues. 
because Adam Owen weighs in. Just regarding the read, one is probably GTO. You're boxed in, but that's not an issue, right? Plus, a wall of freedom and no judgment. I honestly didn't even think of that, and I, now I agree with this person. Is there anyone else who wrote in that I can change my answer to? I've been watching a lot of American politics, so I'm just going to keep changing my tune. <laughs> no, uh, that's pretty much an overview. Um, actually, bizarrely, we did actually get a tweet from this week's superfan, Aidan Dunn, who has been catching up with the TV shows. I know we're going to break down uh, the third Monaco show, but Aidan wants to comment on the very first episode that we talked about last week. And something we really should have mentioned, Joe, is how beautiful the intro was, The what we call the pre-titles, the two-minute sequence that opens that first show. Aidan says, just caught it. That intro was beautifully shot. I think we have to give credit to two people. Uh, Bruce Baggles, who was the man who shot most of the images in that pre-titles, but also it's how the images that are cut and the music that was used, which also makes that sequence great. And for that, we have to salute Gary. And of course, Bruce and Gary are two of the geniuses behind the Kid Poker documentary as well. So it's no real surprise that that was a fantastic two minutes of video. James, you mind if I throw a third person in there? My Lord Jesus Christ upstairs couldn't have done it without him. Well, you really have been watching a lot of American political <laughs> debate, haven't you? <laughs> James, moving is so stressful. I've I've moved like ten thousand miles in the last eight months, and so as I mentioned, like I signed a lease on this place a couple days ago, and then all of a sudden it sunk in, like how much money this is going to cost me. A to pay rent in two of the most expensive cities in the world for the next few months, and then B, to have my stuff shipped out because it's like I've got like this race situation right now of like do I pay to have my stuff shipped or do I just get rid of it and buy all new stuff? And it's like – it's There's really not that much difference, right? No, there's not. And like I – so I, I kind of booked this moving company and then I went online and read reviews and there's like – there's like – two dozen reviews, 12 of them saying they're great and 12 of them being like, they're con artists. Do not use this company. And so I have no idea what to do. I'm like freaking out over here. Oh, man. Um, so what, what are you, is you still have made a decision then? So stuff's in your apartment in New Jersey just sitting there. So this is stuff that, let me get this right, has gone from LA to London to New Jersey and now needs to come back to LA again. It's not quite that interesting a story. All it is is that when I moved to New York, I thought I was going to be there for a while. So I bought a ton of shit. Like I bought like a king size bed and I bought like a bunch of stuff that like I thought I was going to have roots in New York for a while. And now I don't. And so, you know, I don't really want to buy all that stuff again. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I think I'm going to have it shipped out relatively soon because I think me and uh, Jesse, me and Jcat, we're going to try to uh, break the lease in my apartment. Um, so that I don't have to pay double rent. And they said basically what happens there is if they can fill it, fine. And if not, then we still have to pay. Ugh, brutal. Brutal. Yeah, so I just had a couple of funny – I have one, one funny poker-ish related story um, uh, and then another uh, thing about like an L.A. thing that's happening so far here. I decided that since I was back in L.A. that I would start like trying to hit up like some of my old flames that uh, live in the city. And so there's a girl I hadn't spoken to in a couple of years, and I sent her it's just kind of like a flirty text. And then when I go back to look at like my text list, I see that I've sent a really flirty text to Haralbos Vulgaris. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, what did I just do? Now I can't judge you for this because I frequently send you texts intended to my genuine wife. Now, but you can judge me for this because the reason why this happened is I basically went 
when I was seeing someone here in LA, I took like all the names of my flames and changed them to boys' names, like guy friends of mine. So if I got like a text in the middle of the night and it was like, what are you up to? I'd just be like, oh, sorry, baby. It's my friend Haralibus Vulgaris. Oh, my God. So- the problem is, whilst that sounds like a really good plan, someone with your short-term memory issues and oh, your yeah. general just fucked upness at life, <laughs> how, how is that ever going to work? So anyway, long story short, yes, I accidentally sexted Haralibus Vulgaris this week. Um, there's one funny... LA story that happened. So I was, uh, I don't want to sound like a douchebag, right? But part of the reason why I moved back to LA is because I signed with a management company um, that said they can do some things with me for me. And I was having lunch with, with my manager. I know, make fun of me. Everyone does when I say this. Did you have like a mineral water cocktail, like where it's half Vitel, half Evian? Did you have the Caesar salad with no Caesar dressing? We went to a place in in Beverly Hills, that's like macrobiotic, like yep. yogurt culture salad. Story is so checking out. But to be fair, I picked the place and I picked it like off Google Maps because I knew I wanted to pick someplace close to his office. I didn't know it was going to be like grass fed grass and like whatever else they had there. So, um, so in this. In this meeting with him, I, I'm telling you know he's we've got all these meetings set up this week with different networks for people to meet me to meet their like casting executives just so they know who I am and I'm in on their mind or whatever. And I tell him about how like you know I'm always early for meetings and he's like, wait, no, no. He's like, do not be early for any of these meetings. He said, do not show up any earlier than five minutes early for any of these meetings. These are really busy people, and when you show up early. You seem eager and you also stress them out because they don't they don't want to get buzzed that you're there waiting in the lobby 20 minutes early. So whatever you do, do not show up more than five minutes early. And I was like, okay, cool. Great advice. Thank you. That's good manager shit. I wouldn't know that otherwise. I'm like a you know an LA rube all over again. So he sets up this meeting for me at a place uh, called Jash which is um, started by some of my comedy icons. So like this guy named Dan Kellison, who is all you need to know, he like created Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, Sarah Silverman is one of the creators. And these guys named Tim and Eric, who are I'm huge fans of. And so I showed up for a 10 o'clock meeting at 9.55, and I felt a little embarrassed because the guy I was meeting with actually hadn't even gotten to work yet. And I was like, ah, oh, this is exactly what Ted's talking about. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. So the meeting goes great or whatever, and I, I end up meeting with two guys. I thought I was going to meet with one. And on the way back in my Uber back back home, I email uh, my manager to just say, like, hey, meeting went well. That seems like a really awesome place to work. Thanks for that. I mean, that was super cool just being there. And his reply was, did you really show up to your meeting there four and a half hours early? And I thought he was joking. And I was like, no, silly. I showed up at 9.55 for 10 o'clock meeting. Then I went back and checked the email. My meeting, I showed up at, at 9.55. My meeting was at 3 p.m. <laughs> so like oh, two days after this, getting this speech from him about not showing up more than five minutes early, I showed up five hours early for this meeting. And they, they didn't tell me. Like they, were, they just took me anyway. And so the worst part about this, the cherry on top, is that I immediately wrote them an email saying, oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. You must think I'm a complete fucking freak. 
to have showed up five hours early. And the thing is, I had just got a new iPhone the day before. And so there are so I, many it, moving parts in this story, Joe. I know. And I, I, it hadn't had my default email setting yet. <laughs> And so I sent the email from like this really embarrassing email address I've had since I was 11 years old. It's like my spam email address. <laughs> it's like slick, slick Joe at Yahoo. And, <laughs> and, and so they, they wrote me back and I didn't realize for like for hours, I was like, why haven't they written me back? Why are they? And then I was like, oh my God, I wrote to them from my fucking slick Joe 420 account that I, that's only meant for like every time I sign up for a travel website. So I just had like I I basically set this opportunity on fire completely. Oh dude. Well, at least you can learn from your mistakes. Question mark. James, you know me. How do I learn from my mistakes? No. You don't learn no. from your mistakes. No, no, we don't we don't learn from our mistakes. Uh let's do the news now because there is some big stuff going on on the other side of the United States of America. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. Eh, I've done better. Uh, let's get the lowdown from the man himself. The lowdown from the shiny crown, director of poker communications for Poker Stars, Lee Jones, making his debut on the show. Lee, we've been going for a year. How have you not managed to wheel your way in here yet? You didn't invite me. Yeah, I think I gotta I gotta go with Lee on that one. We did we did not we did not invite him. But hey, we're better late than never, Lee that's Jones. What, that's, that's what I say. I would say we were saving you. We were keeping you in our back pocket, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Lee is not actually in my clothing right now. Because when we really needed to wheel out the big guns to make a big announcement, because Lee, this is big. This is the return of poker stars to the US of A. It is indeed. And it's coming up Monday. Um Monday the 21st, which is also, by the way, J.S. Bach's birthday. But um, <laughs> I, I digress. No, anyway. that is so weird. That's a classic glitch in the Matrix. Because earlier, I was at my daughter's school where someone had done a Johann Sebastian Bach montage with like stuff like I'll be Bach with like Bach done up as Arnold Schwarzenegger or Call Me Bach with like an iPhone screen. And then you mentioned Bach and it's like, whoa, universe is colliding. Yes, it is. And the universe is all going to collide in New Jersey on Monday the 21st when the lights go on for poker stars in New Jersey, back in the U.S. Joe, I find it slightly weird that the moment you vacate the state of New Jersey, poker returns. So you had like <laughs> six months of not being able to play on poker stars, only for another six months to a year to two years to maybe an indefinite amount of time not being able to play on PokerStars. Yes, I have to say that I, 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 I can't help but feel as if this was done on purpose and that the <laughs> higher-ups in both PokerStars and New Jersey were specifically waiting Until for this to left. happen. You could have I saved do, us a lot of trouble, Joe, by leaving six months earlier. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I specifically moved to New Jersey. I was like, well, you know, I want to be in New York, but PokerStars will be live there pretty soon and then seven months later i'm on a flight to la and they're like guess what poker stars will be back next week uh speaking of which i really need to sublease my apartment lee do you know anybody that um that maybe wants to come to new jersey and, and grind no but i'm sure that all of your listeners uh, among them there will be somebody who wants to have a grind house in new jersey so i'm sure and, you'll get a call and what about you are you gonna have to live in new jersey to be involved in this not at all um, no, I am, I am here in the great state of Tennessee, but uh, I will be visiting there, and I'm actually going to be there over the weekend for the great launch. 
So you're going. So you're going to be in New Jersey. Where? Where? What city are you going to stay in when you go there? Oh, I'm going to be in Atlantic City at resorts. Oh, at the resorts. Hey, well, maybe I can get a free room sometime. This is that. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll we'll sort something out for you. I'm sure. Now, Lee, <laughs> I, I have a couple of questions for you because I think it's important to uh, correct some people's perceptions because I see a lot of chatter on social media and on forums about poker stars coming back and a lot of people excited to quote play against the American fish once again. But just to be clear, PokerStars NJ is going to be its own thing, right? This is a site yes, just for people in is, New Jersey. It is um, restricted liquidity. So it is just people that are in the state of New Jersey. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be a New Jersey resident. You can you can go into New Jersey and play if you live in Pennsylvania or you know California, for that matter. Uh, you do have to have a social security number. So no Europeans will be flying over to play against the American fish unless they have a social security number. I mean, I imagine that there's going to be plenty of grinders moving to the state of New Jersey, so I'm not quite sure how uh, a high percentage the fish, in inverted commas, are going to be. Um, can we see that situation changing, Lee? Is it always going to be a ring fence market? Could we see America open up or maybe states working together? Well, yes. I mean, obviously, the the possibility of states doing compacts to share liquidity is something we'd love to see. And obviously, we'd love to see international liquidity combined as well. But those are things that we just have to wait and wait for the governments to, you know, the various regulatory agencies to, to get all that together. But I mean, I'm sure that PokerStars would be the first to support such a thing. I've just got one more question for Lee, Joe, and I apologize yeah. that it's a bit of a cynical one, and I'm not trying to piss on this, Lee, at all. But it strikes me that the state of New Jersey has a population of, what, 9 million, I think it is? Um, yes, it's a new market. Yes, it's something new. But it's not that big, and a big fanfare is being made around it. Is it more of a symbolic step than it is actually about a big launch itself? Oh, I think there is important symbolism in poker stars getting back to New Jersey. I mean, the message that we can send to other states is New Jersey has one of the most carefully and directly regulated gaming markets in the world, and they've let poker stars in. So if you, Mr. Other State, are thinking about regulating online poker, and why wouldn't you, then this is a great place to look and say, hey, New Jersey is happy with poker stars. It should smooth the path for us to get into other states. Lee, my question is, what is going to be available to be played on poker stars on launch day? What is the, is, I mean, obviously the Sunday million can't really happen, but like, what games are going to be running? Uh, well, I I have I haven't seen the client yet. I'm going to be seeing it in the next 24 48 hours. Um, but I believe that we will have all of our games available. And so, like any other market, it'll be what the people decide to play. I think it'll be safe to say there's all the no limit hold'em you want. And you know whether Badugi is running or not, you know it's TBD. Spin but, and go. So, but it's going to be spin and goes and sit and goes and 180 mans and everything that's on regular poker stars. Exactly. All the stuff. That's pretty cool. And any clue yet what, like, the guarantees are going to be like on the Sunday tournaments? Um, do you know what? I have seen that schedule, but I'm not in a position to share it yet. I don't think they'd want me to. Ah, Lee, come on. Get me no, the info. I, no, I can't. That's, you know. I, I just I don't think that I'm uh, authorized to uh, express those guarantees quite yet. 
But Can you I answer mean, this for me then. Hold on. Tell me at least the Sunday 500 won't be the guarantee. No. <laughs> the guarantees will be higher than 500, I promise. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as an answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's, you know, we're just going to have to see where the marketplace goes. But, you know, I won't be too terribly surprised to see some overlays in some of the early tournaments, right, while we're, while we're building up liquidity. And there's going to be some big marketing pushes. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to have some great games and uh, play some fun tournaments. And, you know, right there in New Jersey. And we do. And, you know, it does 100 percent support poker tourism. So you can go to New Jersey and just settle in and rent Stapes' apartment and rent Stapes' apartment and play poker for you know a few months. Well, Lee, you mentioned the joy of playing games, and as ever, Joe Stapleton has a fun little game for our guest. Lee, this since you're doing work in New Jersey, I figured you should know a lot about the state because you know there's a lot of history there and it's a great place. So I was hoping you play a game with us called "Do You Even Jersey, Bro?" Are you ready? Sure, go for it. Question number one. Which one of the following songs is not by the Jersey Boys? Or in I should say is not in the, the show, the Jersey Boys. Here we go. Walk Like a Man, Sherry, Big Man in Town, Now You're a Man. I'm going to say Big Man in Town. Big Man in Town is incorrect. Now oh. You're a Man is the one I made up. There's a, by the way, we're going to have Jason Somerville play this same game, Lee, to see who even Jersey bros more. Okay. You're 0 for 1 so far. Question two, which one of the following is not a major highway in the state of New Jersey? A, the New Jersey Turnpike. B, the Garden State Partway. C, the Garden State Palisade Interchange. D, the Atlantic City Expressway. The third one, the something interchange. Correct. The Garden State Palisades Interchange. I made it up completely. Not a real thing. Lee is one and one. Question number three. On the TV show The Sopranos, what happened to Big Pussy? I know. I know. I don't even know the options. A. He went into witness protection. B. He was murdered on a boat. C. He was murdered in an alley. D. He ran away to Costa Rica. I've never watched The Sopranos. Shame on you, Lee Jones. Shame on just, you. Can you at least just say the name of the character, Big Pussy? Uh, <laughs> I, I am not sure what happens to Big Pussy on The Sopranos. So ah, he said it. Guessing. I want to give him half a point just for saying Big Pussy and being a big sport. Uh, take a guess, though. A, B, C, or D. Witness protection. Died on Mur- a boat. Died- murdered in an alley. Oh, so close. He was actually murdered on a boat. Oh, well. He later came back as a dead fish. You do realize, Joe, that we've just spoiled the conclusion of season two of The Sopranos for someone who has yet to experience that magical journey. Well, that was, um, what, over ten years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, he's had plenty of opportunity, but even so, I feel kind of bad. (laughs) Sorry, Lee, and everyone else. Whoops. Uh, Here we go. Question four. What is New Jersey Mutts Fest? Is it a celebration of cheese... Is it B, a celebration of dogs? Is it C, a celebration of the Catholic St. Matthew? Or is it D, a celebration of American immigration? Wow. Those are really good. Um, I'm going to guess, I'm going to be optimistic here and say it's a celebration of American immigration. Oh, you are so hilarious, Lee Jones. We hate immigrants in America, which is why we love our mozzarella cheese. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mutz oh, Fest is a celebration of mozzarella cheese. Question number five. In 1804, what was it that brought Alexander Hamilton to New Jersey? Was it legalized gambling? Was it legalized pistol duels? Legalized medicinal marijuana? Or legalized prostitution? Um, I'm going to say that he made a really bad career choice, and it was the legalized pistol duels, and that's where Aaron Burr killed him. That is absolutely correct, Lee Jones. What is he, two for five now, James? Two and three is the score, so you can uh, tie the game, Lee, which we'll consider a win. Here we go. Question number six. There is no what? way in hell Lee gets this question right, by the way. <laughs> Lee, what is Snooky's real name? Do you know it's who Snooky is? Uh, I have no clue. I mean, okay, I think she's a character on a, a reality TV show, right? Correct. The Jersey Shore. What is her real name? Is it A, Tamara Marianne Scarfudo? Is it B, Giovanna DiLorenzo? Is it C, Rebecca Dominique Capabianco? Or is it D, Nicole Elizabeth Polizzi? I have no clue. You're only three to I, one against Lee. Guess. It's, okay. I've, I've, you know what? I've, I've beaten worse odds. Um, I'm going to guess B. B is incorrect. Direct oh. answers. Nicole Elizabeth Polizzi. Lee Jones, you went two for six. Oddly, though, I feel like Jason still uh, may not beat you. All right, Lee Jones, thanks a lot for being on the show, buddy. And uh, I'm going to be in New Jersey in a little over a week. So whatever that whatever that Sunday tournament is, I'm going to be there for that. So I'm looking forward to playing. Excellent. I We really appreciate you playing there. And uh, we're really looking forward to everybody coming back to New Jersey and and playing with us on the return. That's March 21st, Monday. And my apartment will be available beginning April 15th. Well, someone who is going to be playing a lot in New Jersey, I think he's going to be streaming for 800 continuous hours of poker on PokerStars NJ. That might be a slight <laughs> exaggeration. Let's talk to Jake Harver himself. Jason Somerville, how are you, sir? What's going on? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Not at all. So are you uh, up and running in the Garden State? I am in New Jersey right now. I'm actually uh, tucked away in the laundry room because there are like five people who are setting up like beds and other, you know, dressers and things right now. So it's kind of actually a, a madhouse sort of situation. But yeah, I'm excited. It feels good. I have an American flag on my front lawn and yet I can play on Poker Stars. It's a good day to be alive. Jason, do any of those five people need a place to stay? Because I'm desperately <laughs> trying to sublet my apartment in Jersey City right now. I can lighten the load I'll there. I can... around. I'll have to ask. I think Miguel seems like a very nice guy. So you can always hang out with him. So no problem. I have got a blazing fast internet connection. It's a 150. Okay, I'll tell you more about it later. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. What's a, you know, James made a joke that you're going to be streaming for 800 hours. I would like to know, what is your actual record for how long you've streamed for? Um, I only did like, uh, I mean, like in terms of one day, I haven't done anything longer than like 15 hours. But, you know, in terms of consecutive days, we did 78 days uh, in a row in the spring, seven hours a day. I'm not planning on doing anything that crazy this time, but it'll still probably be like a, a month or two straight here from New Jersey. You know, obviously, uh, Scoop and other cool things are going on in May. So I'm not sure about that. But my plan is to stream every day here from launch on the 21st through till at least 
least the end of April, if not all the way through May. So I'm excited about it. I got to be honest. You know, I mean, uh, trust me, I have a lot of angsty Americans that watch me stream on Twitch every day. And uh, it's, it feels good, man, to be back in America. You know, obviously, it's just New Jersey, but this is a big step. You guys know how, you know, what a, what a big step this is to bring online poker back you know, to, uh, to the wider America. And that's a sentiment that Lee Jones just echoed, that this is very much a, a symbolic thing to be back in the USA. Um, what I'm interested in, Jason, is obviously you've been playing on the main PokerStars client for the last year. You've been playing with against the worldwide player pool. The world is your oyster. I think it's fair to say that you might have more limited options in New Jersey. Yeah. What games do you expect to be playing over the course of the next month? Well, I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, uh, you know, how the stream is going to be different when I'm just in New Jersey. But, you know, I moved to Nevada a few years ago to be a part of Ultimate Poker because I wanted to help fight for regulated online poker there. Sure. So I start I started running up in an environment where they had 100 players on the site. So I'm used to that. And New Jersey is much bigger, you know, and I, and listen, and as I'm streaming, I I have seen hundreds of people who are like, "Hey, I'm from New Jersey. I can play online poker well actually you could play online poker two years ago legally here in new jersey so there's so many people who don't even know and i feel like i want to do my part to advocate for regulated online poker here in the u.s to build a modern and uh, you know fun poker product that you know we integrate the streams both for live events and for online events and kind of just build a showcase here in New Jersey that we can take to New York, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, California, other states that are considering online poker and say, hey, do this. This would be awesome. And so I, I really feel like uh, I, I want to fight that fight. I, I want to be an advocate you know, for, for that in America. Jason, I know that you're used to the smaller player pool, but you know, I talk to a lot of guys, guys like Greg Merson. I mean, there is a, a, a pretty tough player pool in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, do you how do you think it'll compare to the the skill level of the folks you're playing against in Nevada? I I, I think it'll be interesting to find out. You know, I mean, I, I have heard from from Greg actually that the games are actually pretty big. I've told I've told people that the cash games will probably be just as big as I would usually play uh, on the dot com dot com client. Maybe maybe like the bigger eight game won't run, but that's probably for my benefit anyway, since I just lose in those games. But uh, you know, the tournaments are going to be a little bit smaller, of course. But listen, we just a week ago a week ago Monday, I was. Just playing a hundred dollar buy-in tournament on pokerstars.com and uh you know we had a it was like a 10k first first prize and we still had 25,000 people watching it doesn't seem too crazy to to get to a similar prize pool level here in uh in new jersey and i think the fans will still enjoy it and we're gonna have to see how good or bad the uh, the field is bring it on new jersey i'm excited to test myself and uh, have some fun on stream well, Jason, I am excited to test you, and I figure if you're going to be a New Jersey resident, at least for a little while, you should know some stuff about the state. So are you ready to play a game with me? Oh, I'm ready. God. Here we go again. Okay, it's called Do You Even Jersey, Bro? Are and you're we, actually... Are we going to tell Jason the score he has to beat? Uh, I think so, yeah. So you're going to play against Lee Jones. Lee's already taken the quiz. Lee got two out of six correct. I scored two out of six. <laughs> wow, I can beat I can beat two out of six as long as you're not asking like 1950s questions. But if you were, Lee would have got every one of them right. So mm. I think we'll be okay. 
there are, there is there are a few historical questions in here. Let's just get into the game. Jason Somerville, do you even Jersey bro? Which one of the following songs is not in the Broadway musical Jersey Boys? A, Walk Like a Man. B, Sherry. C, Big Man in Town. D, Now You're a Man. <laughs> uh, I would guess that it is C, because I know one and two, or A and B are definitely in there. So I'm flipping a coin. I'm going to say C. You chose the same side of the coin that Lee Jones chose. That is incorrect. Now You're a Man is the one uh, I made up. no. Well, you'll be glad to know that I bought my mom tickets to see Jersey Boys. So there you go. At least I'm I, supporting. I, I sent my parents <laughs> to see Jersey Boys in London, and it was their favorite thing about all of London, which uh, is so <laughs> hilarious. I still wow. haven't. I still haven't seen the stage show, but I did see the Clint Eastwood movie version, and it sucks. I can um, imagine that the stage show's a lot of fun, but the movie was horrific. They didn't wow. like the movie either. Question number two: Which one of the following is not a major highway in the state of New Jersey? A, the New Jersey Turnpike, B, the Garden State Parkway, C, the Garden State Palisades Interchange, D, the Atlantic City Expressway. I think it's C. I think that's the one that's not. I've been on I've been on three of the other four. Gotta be C. Jason Somerville, you are correct, and you're on the exact same <laughs> wavelength as Lee Jones. You guys have answered identically so far. That must be the most frightening thing a human being could be told, that they're on the same wavelength as Lee Jones. It's like looking into a mirror. Lee Jones is your future. Here we go. Question number three. On the TV show The Sopranos, what happened to Big Pussy? Oh, I know a, He knows he it. He watched into, the show. Uh-oh. He went into witness protection. B, he was murdered on a boat. C, he was murdered in an alley. D, he ran away to Costa Rica. Uh, it would be B, of course. Come on. Yes. You Please. are now one up on Lee Jones. You're actually tied with Lee Jones right now, but he did not get that question right. You're free rolling, Jason Somerville. That's really sad. As far as I'm concerned, Jason, you've won already because the fact that you actually know The Sopranos and Lee Jones has never watched an episode means that you, you win what? by default. I actually went back to watch some episodes before I came back to New Jersey as <laughs> cultural sort of research. So... <laughs> Yeah, Jason Somerville does even Jersey, bro. Come on, please. Question number four. What is New Jersey Mutt's Fest? Is it A, a celebration of cheese? B, a celebration of dogs? C, a celebration of the Catholic St. Matthew? D, a celebration of American immigration? Uh, I have no idea, but I doubt it's the immigration one these days, so I'm going to so go with B. The celebration of dogs is incorrect, but Lee Jones somehow... <laughs> thought that Americans would celebrate immigration. In a way, it is a celebration <laughs> of immigration. Is it a celebration of Italian cheese? It's mozzarella. Mutzfest wow. is a celebration of cheese. Question five. In 1804, what was it that brought Alexander Hamilton to New Jersey? Was it A, legalized gambling, B, legalized pistol duels, C, legalized medicinal marijuana, D, legalized prostitution? <laughs> well, a lot of those things would bring me to New Jersey, but I'm going to say it's B. Uh, legalized pistol duels. That uh. is correct. Legalized pistol duels. You have beaten Lee Jones. You do eat in Jersey, bro, more than Bam. Lee Jones does. Nice work. Yes, it was a, a pistol duel that eventually resulted in his death. Let's see if you uh. can end the game, Jason, with a positive score or a tight score. Let's do it. Here we go. Question six. What is Snooky's real name? A. Tamara Marianne Scarfudo. B. Giovanna Di Lorenzo. C. Rebecca Dominique Capobianco. Or D. Nicole Elizabeth Polizzi. 
Now, you know what's hilarious about this is that two years ago, I launched Ultimate Poker here in New Jersey with Snooki. She was our special guest. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I don't remember ever learning her real name, so uh, I'm going to guess it was B, but I'm sorry, Snooki, if I don't get, your, get it right. Oh, Snooki is, in fact, Nicole Elizabeth Polizzi. Uh, I thought Jason Somerville was going to slumdog millionaire like every question with this. He's like, well... Four years ago, I did do, <laughs> I did a, I did a play about Alex. I went to see Hamilton. Um, <laughs> no, it's better than that. So. It was, it was. I've actually met this person, but I've got no fucking idea what their name is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, no. You would think, you know, Long Island. I'm kind of like a cousin of New Jersey, but no, not quite. And uh, even though I've done this before, I still didn't get that question right. So, well, hey, Jason, it doesn't matter. At least matter. I beat Jones. Exactly. You beat Lee Jones. You're a winner in my book. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at the tables because I'm going to come play in New Jersey a little bit too the next few weeks. That is awesome. And uh, obviously I would love to hopefully work with you guys sometime in the future on more EPT stuff. Keep crushing it out there, guys. And uh, we'll chat soon. Well, hopefully, Jason, while we're in Monaco, maybe we can catch up and maybe just have a quick Skype chat on the stream about how things have been going. Because by that point, you'll be like a month and a half into That's your right. New Jersey-a-thon. And we'll have a better idea of, um, of, of how it's performing. Yeah, for sure. I would love to catch up in uh, you know a month and a half. We're gonna really see how it goes, and uh, I really think that the that the stream will help you know make things you know more fun, more interesting. I think we'll be able to use you know the stream is like an invitational platform. Hey, come and play with me, guys. Come drive over for this big tournament on Sunday. Come and register and play in this tournament right now, happening in an hour. So I'm really excited about it. I think it's gonna be a fun a fun month. And we're here in America. I can get a chicken parm. I can <laughs> turkey. Burgers galore. Play yeah. with us, Danny, forever and ever <laughs> and ever. Exactly. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it very much. Our thanks to Jason Somerville, who will be twitching in the sense that he'll be streaming on <laughs> Twitch. I imagine that he'll probably be kind of like physically stable for the duration anyway it doesn't matter point is i don't think joe he is interested in letting your apartment well maybe he's not but you know look run it up has like 25 million viewers or something like that so maybe he could at least give me a shout out on run it up speaking of which james we do uh speaking of shout outs and plugs we do have a special sponsor for this week's show oh and um, yeah and before we move on we just uh a word from our sponsor hotels travel casinos, late nights, food delivery, and enough alcohol to concern even an English commercial voiceover artist. All this could be yours with the Joe Stapleton Reality Experience. For only $500 a week, you can live the life of Joe Stapleton by renting out his apartment. Live your life the way you've always wanted to, the Stapes way. Wear Stapes' clothes. Peruse Stapes' collection of shot glasses. Sit on Stapes' toilet. Bathe in the very same shower where Stapes came up with such poker commentary brilliance as Year of Romania and the idea to rip off Archer. Be amongst the first to play on poker stars in the state of New Jersey on Stapes' blazing fast internet connection that he pays $270 a month for and he's never there to use. Sleep in Stapes' bed and experience the anger of Stapes' depraved neighbor. Sit 
at Stapes' desk. Cough on Stapes' Apple TV remote. Use Stapes' flashlight. But most importantly, pay Stapes' bills. That's the only way to really have the Joe Stapleton experience. $500 per week. Or $400. Three? All right, fine. Just pay the internet bill and we're good. Smell you later on the Joe Stapleton Reality Experience. Absolute debacle. I'm fuming. Adventures in Online Poker! So this is one of those conversations which could be covered by Event Recap because it was kind of an event. Um, it could also be covered by TV Rate Recap because it was on TV of sorts. But primarily it was about playing online poker. It was the first ever EPT Live home game. Uh, it was hosted by myself and Mr. Matt Broughton, the waster, who I'm pleased to say can now join us on EPT Not Live. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. How are you? We're good. Matt Broughton. Do you think that you would like me if you met me in person? No. I could immediately <laughs> tell you that just from the, the timbre of your voice. That's not cool. <laughs> I mentioned you in an article this week. I don't know if you know it or not. Do you know what? I, I didn't know about it. And in fact, it was our colleague, Mr. James Hartigan, who brought it to my attention saying, hey, hey you've been name dropped in some something that Joe's been talked about. Thank you very much. I did see it. It was very, very complimentary. And I, um, and I love you. I would okay. like you if I met you in real life. I, I'm always afraid when I do those things that I'm like, I'm just going to say the wrong thing or like not mention enough people. So I'm just trying to make the rounds and mention everyone, really. So, <laughs> right. So you've got a list and you're just working your way through. Yeah. You're near the top, at least. Hey, thanks. Sharing the love across the team, across various poker media outlets. <laughs> so, Joe, this is a chance for us to tell you what happened and what you missed out on last Thursday. Um, obviously, we'll get after this a recap of how Joe's. Thursday night went because yeah. you had your hot date with your uh, with your poker hostess. Um, I think the, the kind of cliff notes, the overview, top line info, Matt. I mean, for us, it was a lot of fun, but also there were some frustrations. Yeah, it was it was a shame. Really, we were we were slightly besieged by technical difficulties, but really unusual technical difficulties. Like normally, if you're going to have a problem, you're like, right, we just can't get this to work. Whereas we got it to work, but after about an hour, it would stop working. I mean, just wait, what? Well, just to give the background, Joe, because obviously I'm acutely aware of the fact that when you did some Twitch streaming last year... There's always some kind of problem. But you had a lot of audio problems, and so I basically said, you know, the guys worked so hard. I said, I want to make sure that this all works. We we need to do extensive testing. It's the first time we've ever done anything from uh, the EPT Commentary Center. And (laughs) to be fair, they did test it backwards forwards every which way but matt's absolutely right everything would run fine for about 30 minutes and then suddenly this god-awful echo this double audio would appear making the stream unlistenable and we then had to stop reset wait for the delay to clear restart and it would be fine again until about another 20 minutes when it would when the problem would occur yeah so it was one of those things where you think how on earth can you test an error like that because you've got to keep doing test broadcasts for about an hour and yeah. even then even then you can't be guaranteed it's right and and you know what it's like Joe is with the twitch audience as James say by the time 
I mean, in a brilliant cliche of IT, the only way to solve it was to turn it off and then back on again. <laughs> exactly. But of course, we're playing with a three-minute delay, so we have to wait for the three-minute delay to clear. Then we can start broadcasting, but that's got a three-minute delay. And six minutes of dead air on Twitch, you may as well have sold your laptop. So we did sadly lose a rather large percentage of our audience who were just going, look, guys, I'm sorry, but this is this is pretty unbearable just because we had this weird space echo. But, as no, you know... But, but, Matt, if anything, the Internet audience is very patient. They'll sit around for six minutes of nothingness <laughs> watching something that they're yeah. not even participating in don't forget yeah. matt that we did also have the added challenge of <laughs> jason somerville starting oh, yeah. up his stream um because obviously when we planned plus this- i wasn't there which by the way when i mentioned this james is like yeah no nobody gave a shit about that no actually do you know what i mean i mean i see this isn't great for your ego and as a man whose name do- dropped me in an article recently i would hate to tell you but not a single person went to me where's states everyone was just like <laughs> good good because i'm not going to do any of that i'm going to go on hot dates for all of these <laughs> <laughs> crucially i think our biggest problem was the fact that you know the the twitch overlord himself uh, yeah. was on air and of course when we planned this we were specifically like oh this is a good date to do it because jason won't have started all of his streaming from new jersey yet everyone mm. was like yeah no you'll be totally clear and then unannounced he decides nah, i'm gonna do 10 days of streaming before new jersey it's like you bastard somerville <laughs> also i mean we made the slight mistake of that in one of the times when we were having to turn everything off and then back on again we actually diverted all of our viewers to jason's channel oh, to keep them entertained oh, for six minutes and, which of course was just like you know you may as well we were trying to feed everyone vegetarian food and then we opened up the meat buffet and uh well, it's of like course, you guys are it's like you guys are barbers, right? And like the people in the chair is waiting. So you like cutting everyone's ears in front of you and then you send them to a better barber. <laughs> yeah. So not a lot of people came out, but on the positive side of it. Yes. It let's actually, accentuate the positive. Matt. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And, and Joe, as you know, I have broadcast to both audiences of 15 and 800 people. And I kind of I kind of like the smaller group. So we did end up with like a, a couple of hundred kind of stalwarts who stuck around and we had a lot of fun. It took us a while to work out what we should be doing. Because obviously I, I was kind of dipping in and out of spin and goes and sit and goes. But what we found really was that people just wanted to play both against me and James, but also against each other. Yeah. Because I think that was the, for me, the, the, the nicest discovery was that all the guys really were quite happy just to chat and play amongst each other. Because obviously when we do our EPT live broadcasts, we see all the familiar names, but they're just kind of sequentially lined up on our Twitter feed. So it's not like they can really interact with each other much. Right. And it was just really pleasant to see all the names that we're very familiar with all kind of just chatting to each other. And then we'd find them sitting on tables together and there'd be chat in the stars client chat as well as on Twitch. And, and it, I don't know, I, it felt like it worked really well to me. It was kind of a shame we lost so much of the audience because of the audio issues, but it was a great kind of proof of concept in that everyone that was there seemed to have a blast and was gutted when we were wrapping up and asking us when we were doing another one. So Yeah, and that's it, the key it, it thing. Good. To accentuate the positive further, the people who did stick with us and the people who did play really loved it. And what we discovered is with the home game club, you obviously, as the club manager, in which case was me, have the ability to just create tournaments very quickly. So we decided to run like a $5 event, a 55 cent turbo, a $1 event. And people were really keen to just play more and have the opportunity of playing against everyone else in the Twitch chat and obviously against the team in the booth. 
Yeah, and so, it's not like they needed bounties and extra prizes. People just were happy to have a reason to be playing. And I had some nice tweets from people saying that's the, the nicest online poker experience I've ever had. Everyone was so friendly and chatty. And, 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 and as James says, he was just bringing up event after event. And it was good because we could also keep an eye on the guys that were still in the, in the main home game and we could bring that into the stream. So, no, I thought it was good. So was it like a real home game? And when, as soon as you and James left, you went home? <laughs> well i had a, i had a bus to catch and uh you know i had a bad beat and no we did stuck you, around did you guys you around. saw it through to the end of the, yeah. the home game i mean the main home game itself um i maybe i'm a little bit naive i thought it would attract more people i thought considering the prizes that are up for grabs uh the fact that it was a free roll and i thought there was a lot of value in it i'm surprised that more ept live regulars didn't show up that said, it's clear people didn't understand what they had to do. And maybe that's our fault for not Home communicating. Home games are a little complicated. No, I mean, look, they're a little complicated to get them up and running, and there's a it's, lot of clicking. Well, it's not the clicking that was the issue. It's the fact that after they'd entered the club ID and the invitation code, I don't think we made it clear that all that does is gain you access to the club. You yeah. still have to register for the free roll. And some people were literally just sitting there, obviously playing whatever they would normally play on PokerStars on a Thursday night, waiting for their table to generate and it was only after late reg had closed that they realized oh i joined a club but i'm not in the actual tournament yeah i must admit i felt i fell foul of, foul of that as well because you james had sent me a text saying don't forget to register and i thought oh I'm, I'm sure i had done and when i went and looked and there's my name i'm in the club so if you're not someone that's used the home game software before that, then I think, as you say, it's an easy mistake to make because you see your name in the lineup and think, well, any minute now, the table's going to pop up on my screen and we're off and running. But right. again, it was very much, I mean, we said all along, it's an experiment for us both from using the home game stuff to, to using Twitch. And obviously we had to set up all the tech side of it. So hopefully if we get the chance to do this again, we, we kind of learned quite a lot from that first session and we, we have a bit of a better model to try and follow next time around. I think it'd be silly not to do it again because obviously we've now built this home game club, which has got more than well, close to 600 members now. And these are people who clearly you know want to want to play with the EPT Live team, want to play with their fellow EPT Live fans. So we should give them that opportunity. I don't know whether it's something we do when we're live streaming or whether it's something we do on a dedicated Twitch night, but certainly it needs to be revisited. And well, also, Matt, Jason... Matt, you're going to do your thing too, right? You got, you're going to do oh, a yeah. home game. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the thing is, again, I mean, I must admit, I just was pretty uneducated about the home game software. Having been invited to one once and never really having got into it but it's such a great way of being able to kind of herd people into one space um so yeah no absolutely i piggybacked on that thinking well i i obviously every now and then do my own streams of, of video games and poker and i thought well that's what i'm gonna do is just set up a home game anybody that wants to come and play um same same story it just it just works so well it just works so well and i thought you know what that's the way to do it is rather than people just watching you playing stuff is to actually sit and play with you obviously you've got to think about the delay so that no one can cheat because at one point me and james sitting next to each other in <laughs> the comm central did find ourselves on the same table so of course i've now got to cover up all my screens james did promise he wouldn't look but you know it's like joe he can't I up did himself. not look he <laughs> has a very long neck 
<laughs> it's like a goose, a, a big poker <laughs> goose. So that was kind of amusing. And also, let's not forget that if it wasn't for, for the home game Twitch, we would have never had Hartigan Nutgate, oh, which you man. may have seen. No, Joe. what is this? Talk, talk to you about Nutgate. Okay, the first thing to say is that the five hours, we were on air, I think, from 7 p.m. till midnight, London time. And it just absolutely flew by. Um, it was just so relaxed, so laid back. And the great thing is being on Twitch, it's like, you know, I can disappear and go and get a glass of water. We can just sit there opening snacks. I got from the vending machine downstairs a bag of fruit and nut mix. And I thought it'd be really nice for me to like open the bag so that Matt and I could share it. But in trying to tear open the bag, it literally just exploded everywhere. <laughs> In my face, over my keyboard, over the equipment, I was picking up bits of nutshell and raisins for the next 10 minutes. When yeah, my we nuts were... explode over a keyboard, it's usually not something oh. I get from oh. the vending machine. Yeah, and I'm certainly not going to be picking stuff up from under the monitor and eating it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliant. And then just to, just to add further to his food kudos is that obviously james brought you know dried banana chips and and fruit nut i brought in chocolate you know i had chocolate coming out of the wazoo don't forget don't forget the cold pizzas that i nicked from the chief <laughs> executives q a session they they were delicious james and i thank you again but at some point i james had a twix other chocolate bars were available and for some reason as well as throwing <laughs> peanuts all over the place he ended up with a big lump of chocolate up his throat and i didn't know whether to mention it because i didn't know what it was i was like james you got some kind of shit up your throat mate i don't know i don't know how to <laughs> say you mean, this. My, you mean on his neck on my neck oh <laughs> so how'd you get it, chocolate on your neck <laughs> oh exactly. no but it was great and in fact another thing that people said and i hadn't appreciated this joe and i guess you probably think the same people never really get to see james with his hair down because james is always kind of like the daddy he's always you know the kind of keeping that the ship steered in the right direction yeah. and he's the professional and people were kind of saying it's just really nice to see james just having a laugh because we we know that he has a, a wicked sense of humor but of course he's mostly the the, the solid guy giving you the, the information you need to move That's through your life. because he doesn't take Twitch seriously. He doesn't respect Twitch. He's getting <laughs> chocolate on his face, exploding nuts. <laughs> he just doesn't have to be professional because he's on Twitch. He wore a t-shirt and everything, Joe. It was unbelievable. It looked so phony. There's both of us sitting there in our geeky t-shirts, me with my Star Wars t-shirt, Matt with his Hulkbuster t-shirt. Everyone's like, oh, nice outfits, guys. Like, we weren't making an effort for the stream. This is just how. This is just what we do normally. That's when the audience becomes poker commentators because after a while, what do you have to comment, commentate on other than the shirt someone's wearing? Like exactly. The audience knows what it's like now. they got nothing to say, but like, nice shirt, guys. <laughs> But Look one at that thing, guy's hair. One thing I will say is that, and I was told by my uh, by by, the, by our, our representative from the social media team, the Twitch chat during our stream was quote the nicest and most pleasant that he's ever seen it. On so there's only stream. six people in there. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> there was upwards of sixty, Joe. All right. That's uh, look. I what what's the max I've ever gotten on a stream? Eleven? I don't know. So you guys are doing fine, Matt. While we have you on the line, do you want to hear about what I did instead? 
Yes. Yeah. Do you know what? There's one name I'm really hoping you won't mention because I'm going to be so jealous if it turn out turns out to be this name. But yes, I won't yes. say the name on the air because I'll, but I'll tell you afterward. Oh you can, man. Okay. Um, so we went to see we went to go see this uh, the Groundlings, which is uh, an improv troupe here in Los Angeles, where most of the comedians that you see in movies have come out of the Groundlings. Yes, just to re- just to recap, Joe, just in case anyone missed yeah, last sure. week's show. Just to be clear, the reason why Joe couldn't drive to Mexico and participate <laughs> in the EPC Live home game is because Joe had a hot date with a former poker TV hostess. Correct, yeah. So we went to see the Groundlings, which is this improv troupe where like Phil Hartman and um, Will Ferrell and just hundreds of comics that are huge stars today all started doing improv at this particular theater. Went to a show. She loved comedy. We had a great time. Uh, we talked lots of comedy. We talked lots of like the business. We had some people in common. We went out to dinner afterwards, shared a couple of glasses of wine. There was an awkward moment where she was like, I was like, should we get a bottle? And I, she was like, well, I'll only have one glass of wine. And I was like, that's cool. I'll have the rest. And she was like, huh. Um, and so um, it went really well. We, I got home. We traded some flirty text messages. And then uh, the next day I showed my friends the texts and they were like, She's uh she's not into you. Oh. And I was and I was like, wait, what? No, 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 wait, what are you guys talking about? She they're like this lol, this ha ha, these are like one word answers. She's not really she's not really feeling it. And I was like, Oh, okay, well maybe you guys are right. I actually took the constructive criticism really well. And so a couple days later I was like, Hey, do you want to go see this other improv show next week? And she wrote back, Yeah, sure. But I just so you know, just so I can be honest, like we, I just kind of want to go as friends. Yeah, Ouch. and and she's like, if you're not having that, it's totally cool. But if 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 not, if it's cool, like let's go. And I was like, too embarrassed to be like, no, <laughs> if we're not dating, we're not doing anything. So I was like, sure, that works for me. Smiley face. So we're going <laughs> out again next week, but as friends. So. Oh. Sorry, I missed the home game. No, don't say, oh, laugh at me at least. Get some, <laughs> let me get some fucking mileage out of this story. <laughs> I don't know, it's too sake. sad. It's too sad. It's too sad to laugh at. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's you know, you gave it a shot. And hey, you know, on an alternate universe, she, she falls in love with you and you're having a great life. Well, Joe, one of those timelines. While we're, while we're laughing in your face and pitying you, Joe, just before we cut Matt yeah. loose, the other thing we should say is that last week's uh, uh, EPT karaoke night uh, featured Matt <laughs> making his debut behind the mic. Uh, obviously not his debut behind the mic ever because he sings for a living, people. And that's why he was blooming awesome at the <laughs> karaoke's, especially playing the role of Mr. George Michael in Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Playing the role of Mr. Joe Stapleton, who's the karaoke king, who's well, leading the, the charge of karaoke. I mean, the thing is, me me and you, Joe, we, we've done karaoke back in Edinburgh when you were trying to pull those two Canadian girls. But and they said they just wanted to be friends? They just wanted to be friends and come back to your house for pizza. I had to cook pizza for them, as I recall, just to like... Yes, you did. Just- <laughs> this was amazing. Matt, being a married man, left to be alone with these two Canadian girls. And I, I was like, don't worry, ladies, I'll make us some food. And I had to call Matt back to my apartment to show me how to turn the oven on. <laughs> you couldn't even heat up a pizza. Nah, look, the only thing I make is reservations, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, Joe, you should have seen, I mean, you, I guess, uh, Joe, first of all, I have to ask, have you done karaoke with James before? 
many, many, many times. Right. See, He's I the haven't. Karaoke king. And again, this kind of comes back to the comment that people made about it was nice to see James with his hair down, relaxed and having fun. Is that we walked to this place. I've never been there before. I was really impressed with it. It was really kind of cool and funky. And, you know, they meet you at the, at the reception desk and just hand you a tambourine and two microphones, which made me laugh. And then they walk you to the room, and we've kind of got this chaperone who's taking us down. He's going to show us how it all works. As soon as we go in the room, somebody just jumps onto the like the touch screen, and they start dialing up songs. And the guy goes, oh, okay, so I guess you, you don't need my help. No, 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 we're fine. We've been here before. Oh, okay, great. Well, listen, can I take your orders? And before the guy even takes one drink <laughs> order, Hartigan's like does a power slide on his knees across the room. <laughs> As the song just starts, I mean, we haven't even shut the door, and he's already into the second verse. And, I mean, James just transformed. I've got some amazing photographs of him just power sliding. And, and I mean, most people stand perhaps slightly awkwardly reading the words on the screen. James knew the words to every single song in that <laughs> database already, didn't need the screen. Just up on the chairs, he did a, an amazing Jarvis Cocker impersonation that involved standing on furniture and pointing at people. It was... <laughs> It was absolutely stunning. Oh, and, and Matt, many, many Matt, people I got, just quest- sat I got questions about this, Matt. Because <laughs> yeah. if there's me and James have a couple of songs we always do together. Mm. And if he didn't with you, I'm oh, going to be real pissed off. Did he make you sing the theme from James Bond, the one by Chris Cornell? No. Okay. But he did, he did it solo. He did it solo. Because okay, it that- was programmed by someone else, not by me. There that was a lot of James not- Bond. There was a lot of James Bond. I will say that. That's okay. Now, d- there's some classic go-to Hardigan karaoke songs. Yeah, okay. Don't You Want Me? I'm sure he did. He didn't. He didn't do that. What? One. Okay, good. I'm, he did I'm a mixed, whole new repertoire I'm mixing it up now. I'm mixing it wow. up. Okay. There was a lot of Disney. A lot of Disney in there. Right? That's what I would say. A lot of Disney and James Bond. Oh, man. Okay. Well, you know, he's a dad. You can't change that. <laughs> uh, Matt, thank you very much for reliving the experience of Nutsgate. And the karaoke night and the EPT Live home game. We will see you on the circuit again very soon. All right. Pleasure, guys. Good to speak to you. Catch you all soon. Bye-bye. Uh, Joe, one thing we did get to talk about, actually, during that Twitch stream, which we didn't get to discuss on last week's podcast, was what they're now doing on PokerStars to give people the chance to win seats in the EPT 12 Grand Final. Um, So as we go into the lobby, let's bring up the subject of the EPT Grand Final Spin and Goes. What's this now? This sounds interesting. Uh, This is something that's really annoying, and we mentioned this on the Twitch stream. So last week I received an email saying, guys, can you please talk on the podcast about the fact that we're doing Spin and Goes that are awarding seats in the EPT Grand Final? I'm like, yes, 100%. I'm all in for this. Uh, Please be aware it's embargoed until 3 p.m. on Thursday. And of course, the podcast was due to be released on Thursday morning. I'm like, not being funny, most people aren't going to download it until after that time, and they probably won't listen to it until the weekend. So, no, sorry, you'll have to wait a week to talk about it. So here we are. Hold on a second, though. This sounds like an immovable object versus an unstoppable force, because why couldn't you just release the podcast three hours later, you dingus? Because I didn't think about that at the time. Oh, the flexibility of James Harden. But also, I did think editorially that last week we were talking about the home game and how people could join. No, we needed the content for this week. It's fine to save Exactly. (laughs) Plus, the promotion is running until the 10th of April. It's a month-long promotion. Started last Thursday. Runs until the second week of April. And this is basically a 10-euro spin-and-go. 
And obviously, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the multiplier is going to be a W money. It's going to be 20 euros, right? However, there are other multipliers, 40 euros, 60 euros, and the top prize, a 9,000 euro EPT grand final package. So what you're saying is if people play 10 euro spin and goes, they can win their way to Monaco? Correct. That's fucking awesome. Oh my God. So just to recap the package here, that is entry to the main event, which remember is now halved. So it's 5,300 euros. So the buy-in is part of that 9K. Plus eight nights accommodation for you and a guest at the Monte Carlo Bay Hotel and Resort. Plus approximately 1,000 euros in cash credited to your Pokestars account to cover your travel expenses. That is awesome. That's so cool. What I like most about this, and look, this should be no secret. It's not easy to win a satellite on PokerStars, right? Like, no. There's a lot of pros trying to win satellites. People do it all the time, regular people, because we have them. There are online qualifiers or whatever. But this is a way that all but guarantees that we are going to get some new blood on playing the grand final. And also, like, think about it. This is a whole new new paint job for the online qualifier like if we happen to have one of these guys make a final table or go deep in the tournament now we get to say this is our online qualifier and they won their way in from a 10 euro spin and go i love it now the frustrating thing is when we were doing the twitch stream i was encouraging matt to play one of these and he hadn't actually set up a euros account on PokerStars because obviously Matt plays in US dollars. So bear in mind that you will need to compartmentalize uh, your PokerStars bankroll. It takes a few clicks though. It's Absolutely. not very hard it's to very do. It's very easy to do. Matt is just kind of like, oh, looks complicated, even though he loves playing with his settings in front of an audience on the internet. So in summary, set up a euros account on Stars, 10 euros to play, and granted, it's only going to happen 50 times in 100,000, but there is the chance of playing for a 9K package to the EPT-12 Grand Final. I mean, not just a 9K package, but you're pretty much guaranteed to get coverage on EPD Live if you're winning your way in this way. Like, don't think for a second we won't have a camera in your face. And remember, it's unlimited. There's not like a certain number of prizes. The more people who play these spin and goes, the more chance there is that we'll be giving out two, three, maybe even four or five packages uh, to this amazing event taking place at the end of April, beginning of May uh, in Monaco. TV Recap. And of course, we are still talking about the EPT 11 Grand Final last year's event because those shows currently going out on Channel 4 on Tuesday nights and available to watch at Pokestars.tv. James, question. Is there a point where our Monaco TV shows are going to be coinciding with actually being in Monaco again this year? No. They will conclude. But close, right? It's going to be pretty close. In fact, it's going to tee us up perfectly. As those shows conclude, as we kick off our season 12 coverage on television, the live stream will start from the EPT 12 grand final. But yes, we have now had three out of seven shows. So last night in the UK, everyone got to see the post-bubble bust-out bonanza. That show now available to watch for the rest of the world at pokerstars.tv. The thing I really wanted to talk about, Joe, with this show... Um, it's the sketches, um, because there's a little story behind this. And we, we sometimes talk about the sketch shoot that we used to do at the events. And this was the James and Joe are on a boat sketches. This is the last, Monaco's the last sketches ever, right? Well, for, 
for this year. Who knows if we bring them back in 2017? Everything's sure, up in the air, right? For, for now, for now, they're the last, potentially the last sketches ever. Exactly. So what would traditionally happen is when we did a shoot is that Joe and I and some of the team would arrive a couple of days before the festival, a couple of days before the live streaming started. And we just have those two days to go out and about in the city we were in and, and shoot some sketches, which obviously Joe had written ahead of time. You're not you're, you're not really selling this properly. We would get there. When it's not a couple. A couple is true. I mean, you're right. We would get there two days at a time. But then we would have to smash shooting like 25 sketches into these two days. It wasn't like a leisurely fun thing. Yes, we had fun while we were doing it. But there was a lot of work to be done, too. There was. And also, inconveniently, when we got to Monaco, I got sick. So the first day of shooting, I remember being a complete nightmare. The weather wasn't great. It was cold. It was raining. And I remember... So you remember the day was a nightmare? You remember you were a nightmare uh both both <laughs> uh and i remember being in casino square and some sketches that people are going to get to see later down the line when the future episodes air there's one particular story arc if you like that's still so pretentious talking about story arcs in like 30 second sketches but it mm -hmm. only required joe and it was like james do you want to go to the fairmont and just like rest for a couple of hours i'm like yes and i remember sitting down with an irish coffee at the fairmont hotel and oh my god it was the best thing that happened to me all day having started like 8 a.m and being feeling like absolute murder and letting joe do all the hard work while i got to drink caffeine and warm alcohol well actually i mean you were sick during that and i was getting dumped at the exact same time i was like i had like fallen in love i don't know if you, i was talking about it on the podcast actually back then and like Basically, while I was shooting those sketches by myself, I was receiving a series of texts saying, yeah, look, uh, I'm just kind of like really busy right now and don't really want to commit to anyone. And I was like, oh, my God, no, please don't do this. So, yes. So we were both feeling not so hot. But, but the ones that aired this week were, were the sketches on the boat, right? Exactly, which was day two. When I was starting to recover, I was feeling much better. Now, I'm not a huge fan of boats, um, but I don't necessarily get that seasick. But someone on our team did, because in addition to shooting the sketches in the harbour, and I think the link that we shot for the very first show was also us sitting on the boat in the harbour, yeah. someone had this grand plan, and it may well be producer Ben, who sat through the glass today, that we should sail the boat out to sea and shoot a link looking back at the harbour, looking back at Monte Carlo Bay with the venue, you know, in that kind of rotunda in the background, and wouldn't it be amazing... As previously mentioned, the weather wasn't great, the sea was choppy, and the shot was so unsteady, the camera was bouncing up and down. Even if we weren't going to get seasick, the audience was going to get sick looking at it. We spent 40 minutes out at sea to shoot something that was unusable. I don't know whether we still have the footage, but we so need to release that. Maybe, actually, we could play it on the next Envision podcast that we do in Monaco. Uh, later this year at the end of April because seriously it was unusable and the net result was our executive producer Francine got so sick that we had to race back to port so that she could be dropped off and taken back to the hotel to rest yeah that was that was <clears throat> that was really weird because the sea was angry that day my friends like an old man trying to send back soup at a deli um there was Francine was like sort of sick at first and it was like kind of funny at first right like everyone's kind of having a little fun with it and then it got real like all of a sudden you're like oh no she's like legit sick and we're gonna call this shoot and we're gonna go back in and here's the funny thing james like you weren't feeling great 
Francine wasn't feeling great. And I'm always like the guy who's like standing up, like rocking the boat and being like, what's the matter? Don't feel good. Like, and like trying to make people feel more sick. I actually felt a little sick too. I was just too embarrassed to admit it. I didn't, I was like, I can't be talking all this game all the time and like fucking with everyone and then also be sick. So I was just like pretending like I wasn't, but I also was like pretty, what do you guys call it? Um, a peak, peak it, uh, no, hold on. Peaky. Rough, rough. Yeah. Feeling rough. Yeah. Feeling rough. I was feeling pretty rough also. So, um, I did feel genuinely bad for her by the end because if I was feeling bad, I could only imagine how she felt. So of course the, we then ended up coming back to Harbor and most of the jokes on the boat, most of the sketches were actually us just still in the Harbor. And that's the whole gag. And mentioning like, the fact that we were still, we're still in, in the, the Harbor. harbor. But yeah. sometimes, you know, and we've had this for the last four years, Joe, we'll watch these shows back and we'll be like the sketches and like, uh, uh. Yeah. but sometimes a member of the production team will do something that will make a sketch work. And here we have to salute our resident Lord of the Rings fan, producer Paul, for what he did to that last sketch, which is where he put this ridiculous kind of like kaleidoscope effect on the final one when when you're rocking out, where he basically does the kind of the, the, uh, the jerky cut where you're kind of like mini dancing and then it goes into that kind of kaleidoscope effect. I don't know why. It makes me laugh out loud every time I see it. I didn't laugh out loud, but that's only because I rarely do watching those because I'm always like, uh, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, this made this watchable. So <laughs> you went you went from being amused to laughing out loud. I went from being like sick to my stomach to being like, oh, this is watchable. And one thing I will say to anyone who's yet to see the show and is going to watch it at Pokestars.tv, watch to the very end because there's a little uh, Marvel-style Easter egg at the very end of the show. A fourth boat sketch. I don't think I even saw that myself. Yeah, I know what happens, Joe, when you're watching the shows. We get to the last hand, then we go to the leaderboard, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, 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 I'm done now. Yeah, 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 Tinder. Yeah, 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 swiping. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another uh, fun-packed show. Lots of eliminations. We lost Maria Ho, sadly. We lost our online qualifier, uh, Emmanuel Sieber, but at least he cashed. Uh, and we continue to watch the dominance of players like Olashemian and Ludovic Gailic, plus the excitement of potentially seeing Johnny Lodden and Jason Mercier return to the final table of the grand final for the second time in three years. And I'll say, look, my recollection of what happens when in these shows isn't great, but I'll say that we have uh, another amateur online qualifier coming up in the next few weeks who's definitely a lot of fun to watch. This guy, what, Lyndon Basher, is that his name? Uh, Lyndon Basher is a qualifier, but he's not our online qualifier. Okay. That's uh, Hadi Alazmar, uh, the husband of Miss Lebanon. Mr. Lebanon and, uh, yeah, and Lyndon Basher are definitely two sort of relatively unknown guys that are a lot of fun to watch. So definitely... Uh, Keep on keeping on with the Monaco shows. And just to tease next week's episode, which is the start of day four, and we're down to a very small number of players. I think we've got fewer than 40 remaining, and it's a pretty elite field again. And we've got both those guys, Jason Mercier and Johnny Lodden, on the feature table. And on next week's edition of EPT Not Live, we're going to have Jason Mercier on the show. So two Jasons in a row, Somerville this week, Mercier next week. And Jason's going to be talking about that show, breaking it down with us, but also reliving last year's grand final and to a certain extent, I guess, reliving the year two years before when he was at what many consider to be the greatest final table of all time. And a reminder that the show's there on Channel 4 in the UK and Ireland on Tuesday nights and are available at pokestars.tv the following day. Right, Joe, it's time to try and give something away. It's time for a rather different edition of everyone's favourite contest. 
One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. And we welcome to this week's edition of EPT Not Live all the way from Calgary in Canada, Aiden Dunn. Welcome, Aiden. Hey, guys. Oh, man, I was not expecting Aiden Dunn to be from Canada. I thought he was going to be like, you know, Irish or English or something. <laughs> Just about. Now, Aiden. You know, last week I didn't get to talk to the guy much because I was afraid of waking up my roommates, but not this week. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, really quick, do you want to rent an apartment in New Jersey? I can't say I do. Sorry. Oh, you know what? You live in Canada. You get to play in Poker Stars all you want. Fine. Don't worry about it. Aiden, <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what's your deal? What do you do for a living? I'm a geologist here in Calgary, and I'm from the East Coast. What is the best geology joke slash pun that they tell in your industry? Oh God, you can't put geologists like, like ge geologists like to get their rocks off. It's basically they're all terrible. Yeah. I saw I saw a T-shirt one time with an amazing geology joke on it, and I just can't remember what it was. I was hoping you'd be able to remind me, but there's a lot about checking out cleavage, you know, the usual uh, sexual innuendos. Was cleavage a, ge a geological term? Yeah. Really? You can yeah. use it. That's it, jo Joe. That satisfied Joe <laughs> for the rest of the week. That's um, perfect. Yeah, Aiden. We mentioned earlier on on the show that you are on Twitter, and in your in your like kind of Twitter avatar, you look like a well-adjusted human being. Whereas your Skype avatar, you're kind of like rocking out with the long hair and the and the, he looks and the like the seventh member of Dragon Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the Skype picture is about four or five years old. I had to get a real job after university, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, you have chosen, as your specialist subject, something that is very close to the heart of my co-host, uh, because it is obviously a career path that he has followed himself, stand-up comedy. Yeah, I think I'm stepping into it uh, this week, for sure. Well, we're going to do things a little differently this time, right, James? Indeed. I asked Aiden to actually compile some questions for him to ask you, Joe, and you have compiled some questions or some quotations that you're going to fire at Aiden. So all I'm going to do is sit back and moderate and keep score and allow you guys uh, to take turns and have a, a stand-up comedy knowledge off, if that is a thing. It is now... Superfan versus States. So let's get to it. Uh, Aiden... Why don't you fire your first question in the general direction of Joe Stapleton? By the way, this is setting a dangerous precedent, like writing questions for each other, because if I wanted to win, I'd just be like, what color tie did Jerry Seinfeld wear on stage <laughs> in 1988 at the Apollo? You know what I mean? So I, I assume that we're on the honor system here and that we're both uh, wrote some decent but fair questions. Definitely trying to be fair. Okay. Well, you're Canadian. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> so I'm up first? You go first, Aiden. What question are you going to ask Joe? Louis C.K.'s critically acclaimed FX series Louis has interspersed stand-up routines throughout each episode. The majority of these are shot in this Manhattan club, which Louis can be seen entering in the show's intro. That is the comedy seller. Which is correct for a point. Joe takes a 1-0 lead, and now it's Joe's first question or quotation for Aiden. Yeah, Aiden, so what I did for you is I, I took some really classic bits from 
some of who I think are the best stand-up comics of all time. I'm going to read them to you. I thought originally when I was doing this that James was going to read them, and I wanted to pick like some Richard Pryor quotes with like a bunch of N-bombs <laughs> in them, but then, but then James is like, yeah, I'm not reading them. So there's probably not going to be much of that. Quotation number one, tell people there's an invisible man in the sky who created the universe, and the vast majority will believe you. Tell people the paint is wet, and they have to touch it to make sure. That sounds like George Carlin. It is indeed, and we have a tied game as we go to round number two. Your second question for Joe, please, Aiden. Joe, this comedian, after winning season six of Last Comic Standing, went on to perform in two Netflix specials and host an American dating competition series called Excused. Oof. Uh, I don't think I know the answer to this one. Um, uh, Todd Glass. Is incorrect, and obviously, Aiden, you can't steal because it's your question, and you've got <laughs> oh, the answer written down in front of you. Uh, so it remains tied as Joe asks wait, wait, what's Aiden. The answer? Oh, so the the answer was is it Eliza Schlesinger? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. You know what? I was I just I just saw her photo online while I was doing research for for my quiz. Um, and I was like, who is this young sauce pot? I think because I lived outside the, the North America for a while that I missed a lot of Last Comic Standing. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, Joe, fire off your second quotation. Quotation number two. We're told to go on living our lives as usual because to do otherwise is to let the terrorists win. And really, what would upset the Taliban more than a gay woman wearing a suit in front of a room full of Jews? Oh, wow. That's nice and offensive. Uh, I think I know where this is from. Can I get the quote one more time? Sure. Sorry. It's all right. Maybe I should do an impression. No, I don't think <laughs> I get My impressions suck. We're told to go on living our lives as usual because to do otherwise is to let the terrorists win. And really, what would upset the Taliban more than a gay woman wearing a suit in front of a room full of Jews? A gay woman wears... Uh, uh, Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman is incorrect. Was it Ellen DeGeneres when she hosted the Oscars? Correct. Ah. Uh, yeah. Do I, do I get a point? No, I don't get a point. Uh, okay, your next question for Joe, please, Aiden. Throughout its history, The Tonight Show has been credited with helping launch the careers of some of the greatest American stand-up comics. Name five of the six official hosts in the show's history. Oh, that's a good one. Wow, eh? Uh, okay. So we've got Johnny Carson. That's one. We've got uh, Jay Leno. That's two. We've got Jimmy Fallon. Three. We've got... Uh, Conan O'Brien. That's four. You need one more to get the point. Jack Parr. Correct. Wow. Can you, can you run the board, Joe? Can you name the sixth? Um, the sixth, uh, the official host. I don't. Jack Parr was not the first one. I don't think. You see the first or second? I I don't. I can't name the sixth. Put him out of his misery, Aiden. Tell him who number six was. Uh, Steve Allen was the first. Steve Allen. Yes. Oh my God. How could I forget Steve Allen? That's awesome. Great question. Okay, so it's now two one to Joe. Uh, as you give Aiden your next quotation. Aiden. I'm against picketing, but I don't know how to show it. All right, I'm going to go with a one-liner comic. Let's go with Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright is not correct. That's a Mitch Hedberg. That was the obvious answer, of course. 
<laughs> okay, Aiden, let's have question number four for Joseph Stapleton. Uh... Ten comedians have sold out Madison Square Garden in its history. Name the only non-American to do so. Ooh, the only non-American. Does that mean it's a it's can, he's Canadian? Ricky Gervais. That is not correct. What was the answer, Aiden? Uh, Russell Peters. Russell Aiden. Peters for real? For real. James, what do you think of Russell Peters? I have no idea who Russell Peters is. He's, uh, he's English, I'm pretty sure. Really? Never heard of him. Uh, Joe, <laughs> your fourth quotation for Aiden, please. By the way, how many questions did you do, Aiden? Uh, I have seven, but I'm going to ask six, as so I was told to, to write. Okay, cool. So I'll do six also, fine. Okay, so let's do number four, please. I woke up in an ambulance, and it wasn't nothing but white people staring at me. I said, ain't this a bitch. I done died and wound up in the wrong heaven. Uh, that sounds like a Chris Rock quote. James? It is not Chris oh, Rock. I am doing very poorly. It was the guy that Joe mentioned during the Pryor. preamble. Richard Pryor, exactly. Legend. Okay, it's still a winnable game, Aiden. You're only down one point. Uh, your penultimate question for Joe. Uh, in 2015, this clean comic performed the first live broadcasted stand-up special in Comedy Central history. Uh, Brian Regan. Is correct. Oh, 3-1. Uh, Aiden, you need to run the board now. And you need Joe to get his next question wrong. Uh, so, fire off your next quotation, Joe, and let's see if Aiden can get this one. According to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. It's Jerry death Seinfeld. Is wow, he didn't even let me finish. That's, that's correct. Okay, so now it is 3-2. Uh, Aiden, your final question for Joe, please. By the way, that by the way, that quote there I think is maybe my all-time favorite stand-up comedy joke. So if you guys want to hear how that quote ends, make sure you go look it up because it is amazing. All right, final question for Joe, please, Aiden. Women aren't funny is a 2014 documentary exploring sexism in the industry while following two married comedians. Name the comedians. Um. Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor. Is incorrect. The answer was Bonnie McFarlane and Rich Voss. I, I don't know who any of these people are. And that's why it's a good thing that I didn't have to compile these questions, because I clearly know nothing about North American stand-up comedy. Joseph, the final quotation, and here's the deal, Aiden. If it's a tied game, I'm going to give it to the superfan. So if you can get this last quotation from Joe, you get the 27-euro Step C ticket and the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. No pressure. Aiden, I'm going to do my best to give you my easiest one left because I like it when the super fans win. And I've put up a good showing this time. So there's no shame in losing to a tie. Let me see here. Mm, God. There's one that's like so obvious based on the joke, but there's another one so obvious based on the fact that it's such a recent quote. I'm going to give you this one. People think there are delays in flying. Delays? New York to California in five hours. That used to take 30 years and a bunch of you would die on the way there. Now you watch a movie and take a dump in your home. That would be Mr. Louis C.K. Is correct. You got it. 
So, Aidan, well done for tying the game and well done for putting together some great questions and taking part in Stapes' quote quiz. We are going to give you that Step C ticket, plus an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, and we are now going to allow you to go to bed because it is the middle of the night in Calgary at the moment. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Aidan. You're a nice boy, a nice Canadian boy, just as sweet as maple syrup. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. Well, we are running out of time for this week's show. Next time coming up, I promised you some Phil and Antonio stories. Yes, you did. Yes, and to be perfectly honest, I knew we were going to be kind of dry next week, so I purposely saved them for next week's show. Just to be clear, Joe, this is not another London School of Economics thing, right? No, no, this is legit. I mean, unless something amazing happens between now and next week, in which case, yes, I will push it again. It is not a gag. Uh, and I've got a pretty fun Phil Helmuth-based game I want to try to play. Maybe with James. Maybe with who our guest is. Maybe uh, maybe we'll play with Jason Mercier because he'll be our guest next and week. And he's always so good at your games. Sometimes he's good at the games. <laughs> no, Sometimes, no. He's I mean, never, ever good at the games. Sometimes he has fun with the games. That's he's true. never good at them. Sometimes he has fun with them. Uh, James and I... <coughs> sorry. <laughs> it's late here. Uh, James and I are... Uh, more than likely going to be playing the London Cup coming up in London. That makes sense that it would be in London, I guess. Uh, at <laughs> the Hippodrome, the, uh, Joe. At the Hippodrome. At the Hippodrome at the first week of, in the first week of April. So stay tuned next week. We'll give you guys some more info about that. And as I mentioned before, I think that even if James and I don't end up playing, we're going to go down to the Hippodrome for a couple hours, hang out with you guys, come have a beer with us. And also, just a quick reminder, we need more super fan applications. You saw how Aiden did it. We're open to ideas. Get in touch. Holler at us. Use that hashtag, EPTNotLive. James will accept you with open arms. Meh. Okay, well, even with a math, that's better than I get. All right, guys, that's all the time we got for this week's show. I am Joe Stapleton. Thanks to Matt Brown. Thanks to Lee Jones. Thanks to Jason Somerville. For my work wife, James Harding, and this is Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>